50% of the content will be done in those other venues with the book and the, and the study guide in small groups. And that's really where I want you, is, is meeting in a small group, discussing this with other Christians, with other fellow church attenders. Um, and maybe you're not in one. Maybe you're like, eh, I don't really want to do that. Um, here's what I think you should do. I think if, if you're a couple and you really don't want to do that, and, and maybe you already do or you don't have a daily devotion that you do together as a couple. You look at each other after church and you say, hey, you want to do this together? Or you grab another friend at work and you say, hey, we're doing this thing at church. It's called What on Earth Am I Here For? You want to do it with me? Um, I'll bring you a book and that sort of thing. And, and just get together with one or two or three other people. Um, of course, if you want to get into a small group, you can also... Um, let us know at the information counter this morning, and we will get you plugged in to a group. Now, there's a Bible verse. It's Romans 8.28, and you've probably heard it many, many times, maybe even hundreds of times. Maybe you have it memorized. It says this, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And usually, we stop there. What a great promise, right? Um, What a wonderful thing to hear. And we sort of leave off the second half of the verse. And uh, we know that in all things, not just the good things in life, um, there's lots of bad things that happen in life. There's terrible things. There's ugly things. There's tragic things. But in all things, even those things, that God works. And he works for the good of those who love him. It doesn't say they're all good. It says that he works for the good. Because there is a lot of bad in life. There's a lot of bad things happening in life. Not all things that happen to you or to me are good. But God says in all things, we, we did a, a, a sermon on this not too long ago. Um, God works them together for good. He can bring good out of even bad things for those who love God. Unfortunately, again, as I said, we stop there and we don't continue on in the verse. Now the rest of the verse says this. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Called and purpose. Calling and purpose go together. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next six weeks. Now, what do you think of when I say the word call, or make a call, or get a call, or be called? I think of that little black thing sitting on the front bench right there. Um, My phone, right? Uh, We think of our phones, or we think about calling for a pizza or something like that. Maybe you've been thinking about that for the last five or ten minutes. Um, calling Lyra's to reserve you a table. <clears throat> Maybe. I don't know. Now, phones can be a pain, can't they? <laughs> yes. Um, sometimes people leave their ringers on during important times. You know, a meeting or church. Or I've heard phones go off at funerals. Um, and, and they're a distraction, right? They can be a huge distraction in the course of our day. Now, as a pastor, a phone call can often bring bad news. In fact, that's usually what it, it brings. Uh, somebody's calling to tell me about somebody that just died, or somebody um, has been rushed to the hospital, or somebody's just been uh, uh, tested positive for cancer. And, and, and of course, as a pastor, I deal with people and their pain on, on an almost daily basis. So when the phone rings... When my phone rings, I'm not thinking it's Publishers Clearinghouse calling me to tell me that I won, right? Um, let's say the phone rang one day and you thought that this was an interruption or, or some bad news. 
But it, it was actually someone calling to tell you that you had inherited $50 million. Is that a phone call you would want to miss? No. What if, what if God called you? I mean, let me give you a little tip, okay? When God calls, you don't push the button that says decline, right? You don't, you, you don't uh, let it go to call waiting, or you don't let it go to the answering machine. Um, when God calls, when he calls you, don't even let it ring more than once or twice, right? Answer it. We need to answer it. And sometimes, uh, sometimes we avoid those calls from God because we, we think that it, it might come with responsibility or God might want me to change something or, or something like that. Well, as your pastor, my prayer for the next six weeks is going to be this verse up here, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I pray that, that your hearts will be flooded with light in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, that God will open the eyes of all of our hearts and that we will see that we have a purpose, that we are on earth for something, that, that we aren't just wasting space and sucking up other people's oxygen. God has something for every one of us. And I, I pray that we're going we're gonna to see that. You see, when we understand the calling in our life, um, when we understand our call in life, it brings us incredible hope. I mean, when you wake up in the morning and you have a purpose for the day, it's, it's not difficult to, to take that step and, and to start the car and drive to work. It's, it's kind of those days when you're just really discouraged and you're wondering if what you're doing matters, if it's changing anything. Um, that's when we can really struggle. But you see, God says that when we understand his call on our life, then we will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. Man, can I not get an amen to that? Amen. Amen. He's saying that when you know your calling when you understand them, that you then begin to discover the incredible blessings that you've been missing out on. There was a little boy, and he came home, and he asked his mom. He asked his mom this big question. He said, Mom, where did I come from? Whew, wow, mom wasn't looking forward to this day, but she took a deep breath. She had been ready for it, but she, she was, you know, she took a deep breath, and she began telling him. He, she started with, with creation and with Adam and Eve, and, and she went into to, to marriage and husbands and wives and biology and, and conception and birth. And, and finally, after 30 minutes of, of this discussion with her son, he sort of breaks in and he says, uh, Mom, uh, at school today, Billy said he was from, from Rollins, I want to know where we came from. You know, why are we here? Why am I here? Where did we come from? Those are the questions that, that we want to answer in this series. And this morning um, is an effort to introduce the series to us. We're going to look at four things. We're going to look at four things this morning, if you want to grab your notes out, that we need to know about our calling in life. Why God put us here on earth. 
Now, I, I mentioned that, that you can uh, do this series with a couple people at work, that sort of thing. Um, I'm hoping that by Tuesday, there will be a link up on the church website that will take you to, a, to, to YouTube where you can actually watch the video, that the, the, the weekly video that we're recording for you. They're about 20 minutes long. Um, talking about what we're going to be talking about in our Bible study. So if you were in a Bible study, you're going to watch the video, and then you're going to be discussing it and going through the discussion guide with the, with the Bible study leader. But if you're not in a Bible study, um, you'll need access to that video because, again, that's a part of the content that we want you to hear. So be looking uh, on our church website for that. We tried to upload it to our actual church website, and, and we didn't succeed. They're big they're big videos, and uh, so we're hoping that YouTube will, will help us with that. Number one this morning, what we need to understand about our calling is that our calling is a gift from God. You see, you see, our calling comes from God. It doesn't come from us. You know, maybe you've heard people, well, I've decided that my calling is, or, or I've decided this. No, no, we don't decide it. We don't give ourselves those gifts. God gives us the gifts. We don't barter for it. It's just flat out God's grace that we receive. Uh, When God created us, when he he called us, and it's all by grace. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 says this. um, Him, that's God, who called you by the grace of Christ. By the grace of Christ. Now what is grace? It's undeserved kindness, right? It's getting something that we don't uh, deserve. It's, It's when God gives us what we need... Not what we deserve. The fact is, God says, I give you what you need, not what you deserve. Grace is the fact that God knows every dumb mistake we've ever made and that we ever will. And he still paid the price for us. He still gives us good things. He still gives us gifts. He still chose to create you. No matter what. That is the grace of God. Grace is that God knows all the things that I've ever done, the stumbling that I've done in my life, the thumbing my nose at him at times, rejecting him, and God says, I love you. I love you, David. I love you. Follow me. Now, the Bible says that you have been called by God. Okay? Uh, What does that mean? Well, the the word in the Greek is kaleo, K-A-L-E-O. And that means God is calling you. And it's used over a hundred times in the New Testament. Most of the time, it's talking about your assignment in life. Okay, your purpose in life. Your mission in life. The reason God created you. Your calling. So the Greek word for calling is kaleo. Now the Latin word uh, is another word that you've heard of for calling. And it is the word vocation. Vocation. Vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to speak. It means to call. We get the word voice from from that word. Uh, Vocalize comes from the word vocation. It's your calling. Our vocation and our calling are the same thing. Now, here's where uh, I want to explain the problem. Today, when somebody says, what is your vocation, what do you say? I'm a farmer, I'm an auto repairman, I'm a janitor, I'm a pastor, right? When I say vocation, that's what you think of. But you see, your, your career, your calling is not your job. It's not your career. 
we're, we're called within our calling, I think. We're given talents and gifts to, to do a job, to do something, but that's not our calling. Our calling is far more significant than what we do. It's, it's far more encompassing than our career. Our, our vocation is misused when we say, my vocation is my job. No, you have a job. But your vocation is your calling in life. The Bible, this book right here, is the story of God calling people. I mean, the whole Bible is about God calling people, right? Um, God called Noah. He called Abraham. And, he, and, and, and we get the story of Abraham responding to God's call. God called Moses for a purpose in life, and Moses responded. God called Nehemiah. God called Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and Hosea and Joel. God called David. God called Solomon. And in the New Testament, God called Peter, Paul, and Mary. Now, it's true. God has a call on every person's life. It was a gift from him. You see, there are no uncalled human beings. There are no uncalled human beings. Now, it's been a while, but, uh, and maybe some of you are still or just beginning at Christmas time when you buy gifts for your children and you bring home that big box. And, and you didn't notice this before, but when you go to take it out the box, there are these little words that say, Some assembly required. Right? Have you ever been up past midnight on Christmas Eve putting something together for one of your children or for one of your grandchildren? I've done this before, and, and more often than not, I end up with the thing put together and parts laying on the carpet. Has that ever happened to you? Now, my assumption is that some worker in some factory put extra parts in there, you know, because the thing is still all together and it works. But there are these parts laying out there on the floor, and it's like they don't have a place. It's, it's, it's like they're wasted parts. They're, they're not fulfilling their purpose because they're not holding something together or, or being a part of, of this thing. Um, they're not fulfilling their destiny. But you see, that isn't the case with you and me. No matter if you feel that way or not, that's not the case. There are no uncalled people. You are a child of God. You have design. You, in fact, are essential. Now, I want to read for you first uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. God said this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And, and over and over in Scripture, we see this generalized, that, that God calls every person, that he appoints us. Now, King David said that, that God, you knit me together in my womb. You, you formed me. You, you created me. And it's true of all of us. Now, we haven't all been appointed as prophets, as God appointed Jeremiah, but we all have a calling. Actually, we, we have two callings. Uh, the first calling is, is unto salvation. I mean, we just celebrated that, right? Over at EWC. The, the Jesus coming into the world as a baby, 
incarnate, the light into the world, and then last week we celebrated Jesus. He, he lived a perfect life, and only he could do it. And he surrendered himself to death, death on a cross, death by crucifixion. As the sacrifice for you and me, he was buried, and then, then what happened? He rose again. He rose again. He's alive today. He has total and complete power over sin, over death. He died for you and he died for me. His first calling is to call us unto salvation. Now that is an unbelievable gift. And of course then um, he calls us to believe the calling to Christ is also the calling to our purpose. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, He has saved us and called us. Notice those two things go together. He has saved us and called us. He's called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, of course, but because of his own purpose and his own grace, his purpose and grace. God gives me a calling in life simply because he wants to give me a calling in life. I don't deserve it. He just gives it to me. It's, his, it's by his grace. God calls us to live for his kingdom, not the kingdoms of the world. And then, we, and then once we come to know him, why doesn't, you ever think about this? Why doesn't he just you know, take a page out of, out of Roddenberry's Star Trek and beam us to heaven? You know, once we're saved... Just beam us up. We'll be with you forever and all of eternity. But he doesn't do that, does he? Why does he leave us here? Why does he leave us here? He leaves us here because he wants us to be an instrument of his grace in his hand to other people that are around us. Because within our second calling, he has blessed us with talents and gifts which he's given us so that we can learn, we can grow, we can bless others in our lives along the way. If you want to know what on earth you're here for, I think Jesus would say, follow me. You're, you're here to follow me. And as we do along the way, of course there's drama, right? As we follow Jesus, there's, there's meaning, there's laughter, there's purpose. And, and we impact more people in our life as we follow Jesus than I think you or I could ever imagine. And God says, one day you're going to be with me in heaven. But until then, but until then, I'm not going to waste your life. Your life is not meaningless. He says, I want you to shape a child. I, I want you to come alongside someone and, and, and walk a part of the journey of life with them. Our Stevens Ministry uh, volunteers, their, part of their call in life was to go through 50 hours of training and, and to have some confidence, some know-how to walk with someone through a difficult time. Maybe feed somebody that's hungry. 
Maybe it's help deepen someone's faith or, or cheer someone on. You know, in that process, I think God says, I'm going to fill you up to overflowing. You, at the end of the day, might be exhausted and tired, but when you get home and you have that supper and you sit down and you rest for a moment and you think about the day, you're going to recognize that what you did today was important, that, that it had a purpose. Ah, the enemy wants us to think that, that we don't. That we're just doing this religious thing, going to church and living life, and, and that, that, that there isn't really meaning and purpose behind it. And that is so far from the truth. Your life is not meaningless. Our calling is an outright gift from God. The second aspect about our calling is it's connected to others. You see, my calling is connected to others. My calling, my assignment from God in, in, in life, my purpose, my vision, the dream God has for my life is connected to other people. In fact, I don't believe that we can fulfill our calling if we're not connected with other people. If God created us for relationship and to love, is that possible by ourselves? It's not. We need to be connected with other people. Part of our calling is to be connected with other people. Calling and community go together. It's like the parts of the body, right? They're worthless unless they're connected. Ephesians 20, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship. That word workmanship, I know we've said it before, literally means artwork. You and I are God's artwork. Um, some of our Goshen County students went to Casper this last week for, for art, the art symposium. Thousands of pieces of art in one building. What? Created by high school students. Very talented high school students, many of them. And they were displayed for others to see. We are God's artwork. He has created us. He has fashioned us. He, he is in the process of sculpting us to do good works, to bless others. We're, we're created for more than just doing stuff for ourselves. For serving others, for loving others. Uh, one of the reasons for this is because God is good, right? I mean, God wants to drop loads and loads and loads of good uh, onto the world and, and his creation you know, in, in the beginning, he created what? Mountains and streams and trees and beautiful sunrises and sunsets. Why? Just because? And then he created man. And he created woman and he put them in the garden to enjoy what he had created. And then he says, and he said it was good. It was good. Psalm 73 reminds us that God is good and that he created us with incredible bodies, with sensitive hearts, with minds for thinking and reasoning, with hands for working and for playing, but not just for ourselves, for one another. And God hasn't changed. He's continuing to work in our world. And, and how does he do it? Well, he does it through his workmanship. 
through us. When, when God wants to touch someone's life, he will often, most often, use somebody else to do it. That's you and that's me. The church is the body of Christ. We're called as a church to make a difference in the world. I mean, it's, it's our calling as a body of, of believers. Romans 12, 13 says, Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And there's a word that's implied in that verse. It's you. It's us. It's together. You know, of course, we, we know people that are missing an eye or they're missing a limb. And some, it's difficult for them sometimes to navigate in life. All of our body parts are to work together. And the Bible calls the church the body of Christ, the family of God. Look at this verse, Romans 14, 7. None of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. You've got to be connected. And how do you get connected? Through a church family? I mean, it, it's, it's one of the reasons why we talk about small groups a lot, is because, and I'm in one, I know, I've been in one for many years of my life, and I, I understand the closeness and the support and the prayer and the worship and the growing in, in knowledge of the Word and, and all of that that goes along with that. It's, it's an amazing experience. Ephesians 4.4, 4, there is one body just as you were called to one hope. It's only in connection in community that we can fulfill our calling. Hebrews 3.1 says, Together we are holy partners in a heavenly calling. Together. Together. The other people in your small group are partners in a heavenly calling. We're better together. We really are. We're better as a team. That's why, church, <laughs> we need to be connected. We need to be connected. We're going to talk about this more in the future. So our calling is a gift from God, and we use it. We work within it together, connected to others. And another truth about our calling is that it won't be easy. I wish it were different, but it's going to happen. Life is hard. Hard things happen. I think we would all agree. You know, getting in shape, eating right, dealing with people. I heard someone say last week, you know, I would really like my job if it weren't for all the people. I mean, we've all been there, right? Every one of us, I would say, have been there. Why? It, and and you know, we have to be careful when we say that because there's people out there who say the same thing about us. You know, I'd really enjoyed life today if it weren't for, well, you. Satan wants to kill steal and destroy. He doesn't want us fulfilling God's purpose in our life. He wants us to get discouraged and down. He doesn't want us to see life and serving others as a blessing, as something that we can have hope in. He's not just going to sit idly by and watch us follow God. He's going to do whatever he can to mess that up. We need to remember that. When we say yes to God, it's a fact. It will not be easy. But it will be good. It will be good. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, uh, we see person after person after person. When, when the phone rang, when God called, they answered. And it was tough. It was difficult for them. They were called to do hard things. I mean, we haven't been called to an easy and comfortable life. In fact, Jesus calls it what? A cross, right? He says in Mark chapter 8, 34, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to follow me, accept the call, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. We all have one to carry. The fourth thing, the good news is, that your calling will produce the greatest satisfaction in life. Now, that's not why we do it. That's not why we follow God, but it is a definite byproduct. We will rejoice and be blessed when a life is saved, when someone, because of our testimony or because of our sharing, recognizes how much God loves them and they surrender their life to Jesus Christ. Man, is there any greater blessing than that? When an addicted person breaks free because of a friendship, because of the grace that you extended to them over and over and over again. A single mom can experience peace and rest because you came alongside of her and didn't judge, you were just there. And she saw the law, the uh, the love of Christ in you, a young person that struggles with anxiety and wonders if he will ever be in a place in his life where he doesn't worry about everything, gains confidence in life because friends surround him and pray for him and walk with him. I've seen it. And it puts a smile on my face every time. It warms my heart. Think about being the person who helps in those situations. And I mean, we've all been in that situation, right? Where we needed a person like that. And then God, oftentimes, once we get through a time like that, turns us right back around and puts us in the lap of somebody who needs somebody else to walk with them through a similar situation. And when the phone rings, the question I have is, are you going to answer it? It's our call to be the help someone needs. And God doesn't just throw us to the wolves, so to speak. He provides the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, some of these Stephen ministers who have been doing this for a year talked about that first meeting. It was, for many of them, a person that they'd never met before and they didn't know. And, of course, you know, there's some angst in making that first phone call. And you think through all of the training that you just did and, and, and you hope that you don't mess it up or the power of the Holy Spirit, ultimately. It's being available. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. It's cliche, I know, but God doesn't call the qualified. Right? You've heard that before. He qualifies the called. Think about every person in the Bible that God called. They all had an excuse. Moses, Abraham, Noah, why they weren't the one for the job. And 
Jonah. <laughs> but God called them, and he gave them to power, the power to do what he called. So one final question this morning. How clear are you on God's calling on your life? Because we all have a calling. Uh, maybe you've been a Christ follower a long time, but, but you've never surrendered to the fact that God has a gift for you, that he has a purpose for you, that there's something more than just, you know, making money and paying the, paying the house off and feeding the kids. There's, there's, there's more to that. God wants to use all of us in a mighty and in, in, in incredible way. And, and I also, I want to qualify that a little bit because I think sometimes there might be, might be moms who think that they're not important, that, that all they do is dishes and laundry and make lunches and clean the house and all of that. But you know, and, and sometimes I think our world tries to minimize the impact that moms have on their children. Wow. You talk about a calling. And, and something that, that in time, I think you will see the great and incredible, mighty impact that that love and commitment and sacrifice that you make year after year after year for your children does how clear are you on God's calling for you today? How clear are you for the near future? Tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? Well, in the next six weeks, we're going to answer, I think, a lot of the questions that we each have about our purpose. What on earth am I here for? You know, obviously... Wow. Can you do that again? <laughs> Obviously, we are not answering the question completely today. And my hope is that you'll, you'll go out there and you'll get a book. Hopefully, we have enough discussion guides. Uh, we have plenty of books. Uh, and you'll go through this with, with us. You know, young people, old people, do you feel unused? Do you feel like you're just laying on the carpet like an extra part Well, if you, if you do, if you feel immature or too young, that's a message coming straight from the pit of hell. Because it's not true. You are not a spare part. We are all useful in the kingdom of God. God's calling. Are you going to answer it? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning, for your grace and mercy to us. Father, I, I thank you that you created me and that I am no accident. And if there's, Father, anybody in this room that's feeling like they're an accident, I pray that, that you will help them to see that you cared for them even before they were born, that you not only created them, but you have called them, that, that we have a purpose, we have an assignment in life, and we're not just here to to waste time, Father. I, I thank you for giving us purpose. And Father, I pray that, that we would all recognize that even in the midst of our mistakes and our failings and our doubts, our lack of faith sometimes, that, that your calling is permanent on our life. 
I mean, I, I realize today that I can't fulfill my calling if I'm disconnected from people. And maybe there's people in this room that feel disconnected. Father, I pray that you would begin to move in their hearts and their minds, that they would take that step to be connected. And Father, you've promised to give us the power. I pray that we would just rest in the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would trust you, that you would enable us and strengthen us. Lord, I want that prize in life. I want to live the rest of my life for that one day. For that day that I get to share in your kingdom. I look forward to that, Father, and I know that one day I will be standing before you, uh, probably not standing, on my knees before you. And since your love, and Father, I pray that if there's anybody in this room this morning who has not surrendered their life to you, oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that today might be the day. Maybe they were at Easter service and, and they came today and, and they just continue to hear how much you love them and have a purpose for their life. And Father, I pray that they would stop fighting and just surrender to you. Believe. And Father, we want to close our service this morning uh, lifting your name on high, singing truth about you, who you are, and what you've done. And Father, as we take up our offering this morning too, as we give back a portion which you have provided for us, for all things come from you. Father, help us to do that in worship, in faith, Lead us on this journey over this next six weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 108, this is a song from David. My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises with all my heart. Wake up, lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nation. For your unfailing love is higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Now rescue your beloved people. Answer and save us by your power. Just stand with us, please.